0: Hello everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Mark Allward. Along with bringing you updates and critical events happening around the world, we are also fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that practice on the ground in various jurisdictions and are working daily to help their clients move through these difficult times. On the program, we span the globe and are fortunate enough to receive updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, we are going to be chatting with one of our members in Vancouver, British Columbia. Joining us today on the program is Carrie Bennett, a partner at Roper-Greyall. Today, Carrie is going to speak with us about employee privacy. Welcome to the program, Carrie. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you very much. And I'm very pleased to be here.
0: We're very pleased to have you. So, Carrie, I'd like to start fairly general. Can you give our listeners a brief overview of what an employer's obligations are in respect of employee privacy?
1: So there is a patchwork of legislation that may apply across the country. Each employer will have to consider the jurisdictions that they work in. Many private sector employers are governed by federal PIPEDA. The employment-related provisions in that act, though, only apply to federally regulated employees. Private sector employers in BC, Alberta, and Quebec must look to the private sector legislation in those provinces, and public sector employers have to consider there's generally public sector legislation that will apply by province across the country again, except for federally regulated employers or for the government, which are governed by specific federal legislation. And where there may be a legislative gap, employers have common law obligations to protect employee privacy. So the basic principle, again, each employer must look to the specific obligations in their jurisdiction, but the basic principle is that employees don't check their privacy rights at the door. They do retain privacy rights while in the workplace. Most of the applicable legislation will contain a principle to the effect that employers may collect, use, and disclose employee personal information without consent, so long as employees are provided adequate notice in advance of the purposes for that collection, use, and disclosure.
0: So then what's the practical advice for an employer... As to how best to meet their obligations?
1: So, just like other obligations, including human rights law, work safe, workers' compensation regime obligations, one of the most effective means of ensuring employees know the purposes for their collection, the collection, use, and disclosure of their personal information, and understand how the information is being handled is by way of policy. This can be by way of a general employee privacy policy or policies that are specific to certain collection of information in the workplace, like video surveillance, other forms of monitoring, biometric monitoring or otherwise. We'd always recommend a form of tech or IT policy so employees understand how their personal information may be accessed when using company systems. So if employers prefer not to use a policy, which is the most generally effective model, At minimum, we'd recommend notices or bulletins or other formal training.
0: So Carrie, I think considering the current climate, we would be remiss to not discuss how the pandemic has impacted these workplace privacy issues. So what are the critical privacy issues that employers have had to manage during the pandemic?
1: At the outset of the pandemic, one of the most immediate critical issues was how to manage this immediate shift to working from home. Many employers have security systems and appropriate monitoring systems set up in the workplace. When you overnight went from an in-office at-work environment to working from home as much as possible, particularly those employers in office environments had to consider how they were going to ensure that employees are meeting their work obligations without being overly invasive in a form of employee monitoring, and also had to ensure that employees really understood the confidentiality obligations in order to protect the personal information that the employer is handling, but to also protect their other business confidential information. And this issue continues, in part because everyone's tired. The pandemic has been going on for so long, and it's easier to slip. It's easier for employees to get tired and leave, you know, leave screens open at home and potentially leave access to personal information available or business confidential information available. Easier for people to get tired and make mistakes in respect of the the security issues. And so employers do need to continue to engage employees in an active way so they continue to protect the personal information that they are managing, the business confidential information that they are managing and meet their workplace requirements and keep the pace, notwithstanding how long this has been going on.
0: That's really interesting, Carrie. What sorts of other issues have employers been dealing with?
1: Well, in addition, employers have had to consider how to manage accommodation requests arising from mandatory masking in the workplace. British Columbia implemented mandatory masking a bit later than some other provinces. The public health orders said that there were recommendations for masking in the workplace where social distancing couldn't be maintained, but broader mandatory masking orders didn't come into place until a bit later. And when mandatory masking was put in place, the BC Human Rights Commission issued a bulletin providing guidance to the public and to employers about information that may be requested where an individual or an employee was seeking accommodation in respect of use of masks. There has been some confusion in the workplace because some employees have taken the language from that document to say, you employer don't have the right to ask me for medical information to justify my request to not wear a mask or my accommodation request in respect of masking. In our view, that's not actually what the commissioner was saying. You know, the comments of the commissioner relating to not asking for medical information were more directed to short interactions and interchanges with the general public and not the employment relationship. And an employer, in our view, continues to be entitled to sufficient medical information to justify any accommodation request. And the employee must work with the employer just as they would in any other accommodation situation.
0: Carrie, we've seen the vaccine rollout in Canada and it's really starting to ramp up over the past number of weeks. What sort of information is it appropriate for an employer to gather from employees with respect to vaccination?
1: This is a great question, Mark. Another critical issue relates to the collection of vaccination information. Employers are eager to get back to normal, everyone back to work, and to ensure that they meet their occupational health and safety obligations. And part of that is everybody wants to know who's vaccinated. One of the challenges in terms of collecting vaccination information is because so far at this time, particularly in British Columbia, our public health bodies have not taken the position that Vaccination can or should be mandatory in the workplace, even in the public health care system. So that places some challenges for employers who may be wanting to collect that vaccination information. They have to carefully look at their circumstances and see if they can find an appropriate health and safety justification for collecting that information. If they do decide to collect it, they have to give adequate notice to employees of the purpose for that collection. and. Even though they do have the right to collect, use, and disclose without consent, given the sensitive nature of this information, may, in some circumstances, consider seeking express consent and making collection voluntary. Now, the BC government has also just recently amended the Employment Standards Act to provide that employers must provide three hours of paid leave to employees who are seeking to be vaccinated and that employers may seek adequate proof to support the request for leave. And as a practical matter, that's a way that employers will be collecting vaccination information. If an employee requests leave to get vaccinated, they have to provide some form of adequate proof, and that may be the booking for the vaccination appointment or the vaccination record itself. And in that respect, employers will be collecting the information that they're desperately seeking. The issue that employers will have to think about, again, you know, particular to BC, is that once employers collect this vaccination information for the purpose of leave, if they intend to use it for a secondary purpose, employees are entitled to adequate notice in advance of that secondary purpose.
0: Carrie, one thing that I've seen is a little bit of blending between on work and off work times. And I'm curious your thoughts as to how that impacts off-duty conduct and employers' ability to potentially discipline for off-duty conduct.
1: Thanks, Mark. Employers are definitely considering how to manage employee behavior outside the workplace in relation to public health orders. Many employers are experiencing situations where employees may be failing to comply with public health requirements, and that's impacting the workplace. For example, employee invites 10 coworkers over for dinner, all 10 coworkers get COVID, and what can the employer do? The case law on off-duty conduct says that it becomes a workplace issue if there's a real and material connection between the impugned behavior and the workplace. So there we'd look at the potential for reputational harm or potential for impact on business operations, relationships with customers or suppliers, or relationships with other employees. And so it's wise to have a policy in place that says that you expect employees to comply with all public health orders and advise them that they could be subject to discipline for failure to do so. And if the off-duty conduct has a significant enough impact on the workplace, discipline may be available to the employer.
0: So Carrie, when there is a privacy issue, what are the most common types of complaints that you actually do see?
1: Pre-COVID, complaints were traditionally about video surveillance or other monitoring, complaints about criminal record checks or other reference checks, and complaints about requests for medical information. Since COVID, complaints about medical information to support masks, complaints about asking questions about off-duty conduct, and complaints about monitoring employees while working from home.
0: Well, this has been a very interesting and informative discussion, Carrie. Thank you so much for your time. If you'd like to connect with Carrie Bennett, you can find her bio by clicking on her name in the description of this podcast. Please visit www.ela.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on demand content, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Mark Allward. Thanks for listening.